And for more, we're joined on the line now by Narina Fisser, strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina. Nice, beautiful day today. Uh, yeah, well, we hope in more respects than just, you know, what we're seeing aesthetically because yesterday was so grim, um, especially as far as the markets are concerned. But So what caused this broad-based sell-off, Narina? And was there anything that did not fall in a heap yesterday? <laughs> not much, but there were a few things. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing was that there really wasn't any big new news yesterday that caused markets to sell off on such a broad-based basis. And I think it, it points it points to nervousness in markets. It points to uncertainty um, on, on many different fronts. Clearly what's happening in China is, is, is uncharted territory for the world economy and even for, for world stock markets, and that causes a lot of uncertainty. And then, of course, we also, we've been speaking about the outlook for, for the interest rate liftoff in the, in the U.S. That's, that's also causing uncertainty. Um, but, you know, I, I looked sort of yesterday to see what did not sort of decline strongly yesterday, and you mentioned in your in your report that gold as expected and certainly the gold companies was up quite nicely but the other thing that I found quite interesting about our market performance yesterday was that um, the UK market the FTSE 100 in particular was one of the hardest hits and it was because the, the, the pound sterling was was quite weak yesterday so when you look at the makeup of our equity market where um, the majority of our large deal listed stocks have their primary listing in London, those stocks were a lot worse affected than many of um, the other stocks in our market. So this is companies like Anglo's, Billiton, even the two big um, property companies, Capital and Counties and Intuit. It's SAB Miller, it's Old Mutual, Mondi. Those were the big companies that are dual listed in, in um, London that really were the biggest affected. But you know, in the top 40, for example, yesterday, Mediclinic and Capitec actually were both up. They were both in the green yesterday. And so we find, um, you know, several other parts of our market not nearly as affected. And I think we spoke about it yesterday that um, the, the, the fall in the currency, as, as, as hard as it is for us on many fronts, is not all negative and it does actually provide some support for, for some sectors in our markets. Narina, quick question from one of our listeners, uh, Lesibane Mabusela, who wants to know, as the RAND continues to suffer on the market, uh, he says, I shudder to think of what basic food prices will be like come December. Uh, what's your take on that? I think it's a very valid concern because we do know that even though many of our, um, especially our agricultural commodities, are still um, uh, um, still come from within South Africa, we have what is called sort of uh, imported prices parity. So um, certainly the weakness in the rand will affect food prices, and I think that's one of the concerns around the inflationary drivers. That as much as oil prices have also plunged and will reduce therefore the cost of transport and the cost of petrol at the pump. The concern does sit there around food, food stuff. So I think it's a very valid concern, and let's hope that this is more a blow-off in the currency and that we will actually see some, some sanity and some strength returning to, to the rand. Which, you know, uh, begs the question, Narina, are we overreacting as far as China is concerned? You know, it's certainly China certainly is a problem, but it was interesting that yesterday there was a comment out from the IMF to say that um, many people are talking about a crisis in China, and the IMF is certainly not seeing what is currently happening as a crisis. 
yes, there's a lot of adjustment taking place. Yes, there's a lot of concern. But, you know, we, we seem to forget that the Chinese stock market ran up incredibly hard over the last couple of months. And, um, yes, it's down further today, but, but prior to today's further falls, the market was still up year-to-date for China and, in fact, still up almost seven, um, almost 50% since a year ago. So I think we, we must um, put China in context and understand that that whole economy is going through a structural change from an infrastructure-led economy to a consumer-led economy. And these adjustments is what causes a lot of the volatility. Clearly, the intervention in the yuan, in the currency market, and so on also is causing a lot of, uh, a lot of volatility. But this does not mean that it's a crisis and that that economy is about to fall in a heap. You know, the, the, the forecasts are still for that economy to grow um, at somewhere between 6 and hour, just um, sort of over 6.5%. Um, which I think in anybody's book, although that's much slower for China, it's still strong growth. So I think it's important to keep, uh, keep the context in terms of China when we look at what's playing out over the world. Narina, yesterday we spoke about the likelihood of the U.S. Fed uh, increasing interest rates in September. And you said you thought that they may actually hold off considering what's happening in global markets. But what about our own MPC? How do you think that these current events will actually influence interest rate decisions by the South African Reserve Bank? Well, I think this is unfortunately the bad news for all of this. As we spoke about, you know, food prices, for example, the weakness in the currency definitely will have an inflationary impact on our side. And I think it's going to make it quite difficult for the Saab not to continue increasing interest rates. Um, if, they, if they want to stick to their mandate in terms of keeping both inflation, actual inflation and inflation expectations under control, I think it is more likely that our only <coughs> sorry, central bank will increase interest rates, even if the U.S. does not increase rates in September. So, um, once again, I do hope that what we're experiencing at the moment is, is more of a blow-off in the currency. I think it's quite widely accepted that the RAND is definitely undervalued, quite severely undervalued, where it is at the moment. So, I do expect it to, to strengthen from current levels, but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen today or tomorrow or, or even by next week. So, we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. We know that the Rand is one of the, the most liquid emerging market currencies. So what we often find is that investors around the world use the Rand to actually hedge positions that they might have in other emerging markets. And, and as long as this um, concern around China and emerging markets continue, we might see the Rand on the back foot. But uh, for all our sake, let's hope that it doesn't um, hover around these levels for too long and that uh, there will not be too much pressure on the Reserve Bank to increase interest rates too quickly.